welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 23. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been checking out Auto Battlers in Dota Underlords, and playing through Cuphead, and also more of Super Mario Maker 2. In the news this week, Summer Games Done Quick raises $3 million for charity, Cuphead DLC is delayed, and Epic announced they're going to fund Kickstarter refunds. So it's a jam-packed show, let's get into it. Welcome to the show everyone, I hope you're well and you are having a good week. I'm good this week, having spent most of the week in Glasgow on an assignment and it's still super hot here in London, although it does seem to have cooled down compared to the last week's heatwave where it was uh, 35 in the city. Uh, It's been a busy week of gaming and I got into more of uh, Super Mario Maker 2 and I've been working towards my Lumina quest in Destiny 2 as well. And I just finished that one up just before the podcast. And the Lumina is a new exotic hand cannon, which is the first healing weapon released in the game. I also finally got time to sit down and play through Cuphead on Nintendo Switch, which is fun, albeit a tough experience. Uh, outside of gaming, I've been watching Stranger Things Season 3, and I went to see Spider-Man Far From Home yesterday, which I'll talk about at the end of the podcast. But first up, let's get into what I've been playing this week. First up this week, I've been playing through Super Mario Maker 2 and uh, I finished up the story mode levels, uh, which are a good introduction to the game and they're there to inspire people who want to make courses. It's not the most in-depth story in the world, uh, where Princess Peach's castle has been destroyed and you have to rebuild it by working with a bunch of toads and toadettes. However, the story mode's fun, and but there's a particularly tricky level called The Secret of Dry Bones, Uh, That's around the mid-80s or so. There's 90 levels to get through in total, and it's a good showcase of what you can do in the game. I've also started creating levels, but haven't managed to finish one just yet. Uh, I've been interested in creating a level with on-off switches and thwomps, um, using the thwomps to switch the switches and create a kind of running and jumping course. Uh, My favourite style is Super Mario World, but I'm also enjoying the Mario 3D World art style as well. And uh, when I do finish up a level, I'll post it in the show notes and on Twitter. So I did do a review of Super Mario Maker 2 last week on episode 22 of the podcast, and it's up there on the website at thisweekinvideogames.com. It's in the features section right at the top of the page. So uh, yeah, if you did miss that review, check out the podcast or check out the website. I've also posted up loads of the solutions to story mode on the This Week in Video Games YouTube channel. So if you get stuck on the trickier levels, go over to the YouTube channel and check it out. And if the one that you want wasn't there, email me on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com and I'll post it up on YouTube for you. I've also been playing Destiny 2 this weekend and I've got hold of the Lumina hand cannon. So this is a medium lengthy quest, but the hand cannon that is the ultimate reward is a good one and the lore along the way is a whole lot of fun as well. Uh, the quest follows a similar structure to other Destiny 2 quests. You go find a thing, do a bunch of activities across the solar system in a variety of game modes, and then find a bunch of items in a final strike. Uh, I got reacquainted with the Blind Well through this quest, and uh, if you've done the quest you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I hadn't done the Blind Well in a while, and uh, I really enjoyed that. One good thing I find about these quests is finding other Destiny 2 players to team up with and complete the quest. Uh, The Destiny community on the whole is welcoming and super, super friendly, so thank you to everyone who teamed up with me and helped me out on the various quest steps. 
I learned how to speed run the Lake of Shadows in this quest as well. And I think I've got that down to a fine art. And there's a particularly tough part of the quest where you have to go into a game mode called Gambit and kill an invader before they kill you or before they actually kill anyone else. Gambit is the newest game mode in Destiny with teams of 4v4 racing against each other in mirrored arenas. Uh, you have to kill PvE enemies and bank moats and ultimately summon a prime evil or a big bad enemy to finish off the, uh, finish off the match. The twist to this mode is that along the way, members of the opposing team can teleport over into your arena where you're busy trying to finish off the enemies and then they can shoot you. And if they do shoot you, your progress towards the prime evil gets reduced. The penultimate step in the Lamina quest sets you the goal of killing an invading team member before they kill anyone and before any of your teammates kill them too because there's a lot of people out there at the moment all going for this quest step. So it's a tricky step but ultimately a really rewarding one once you get it done. The Lamina hand cannon is the first healing hand cannon in Destiny and it's related to the other weapons of sorrow. So once you get a kill with Lamina you can hip fire one of your teammates to heal them. Uh, the hand cannon's got good range and stability, which makes this a good addition to your arsenal in the game. I'm going to be posting up a full guide on how to get the uh, Lamina hand cannon on YouTube later on. So if you're interested in the exotic quests in Season of Opulence, go over to YouTube and search up This Week in Video Games and uh, you'll find the quest guides there. And as well as the guide for the Lamina, you'll also find a guide for Truth, which is an exotic rocket launcher. So... Loads of fun with the uh, Lamina quest, and once again, thanks to everyone who's uh, helped me out along the way, and it's been good to get back into some Destiny 2 this weekend. Finally this week, I've been playing through Cuphead on Nintendo Switch, and this is something I bought back in April, but hadn't got around to playing it for various reasons, but it's been in my to-do list for a while, and this week I finally got a good chance to play with it, and uh, so with that, let's get into my review of Cuphead. <laughs> So Cuphead is a 2D side-scrolling run-and-gun game for Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. It has a reputation for its beautiful art style and its tough gameplay. Cuphead is pretty tricky, but therein lies the reward. More often than not, when I started playing Cuphead, I get frustrated because, frankly, I wasn't very good at the game. However, give it time and it will reward you greatly. It may not be a game you can simply pick up and play. It's something you're going to have to practice at and learn. Patience is the name of the game. So the main story in the game follows Cuphead, who makes a deal with a devil, and he loses. The only way to pay back the debt is to go out there, collect bounties from bosses dotted around the map, and pay the devil. And you beat the bosses to save your soul. Cuphead is a combination of platforming, obstacles and boss fights that will test your patience, but ultimately feel really satisfying if you can crack the combinations and patterns with your lightning-fast reflexes. So boss fights are the main attraction in the game and can be split into phases. You'll jump, twist, turn and dodge bullets being sent your way. As well as the main boss, you have to deal with a plethora of smaller enemies at the same time. And as boss fights progress, attack patterns change and evolve, sending more bullets your way even faster. You may not get it the first time, you may not even get it the second time, but you'll learn each time and that all adds up to a hugely satisfying experience when you do finally beat that boss. 
On more than one occasion, I found myself shouting, yes, ha-ha, <laughs> after I beat a boss. As you progress through Cuphead, you unlock new abilities and weapons. So you can carry two weapons, a bonus ability and a special attack. And it's definitely worth considering your loadout before the level begins, as this can affect the difficulty. Weapons and other abilities can be bought with the coins you find throughout the small number of platforming levels. And these side-scrolling platforming levels aren't the main attraction, they're a mere starter compared to the main course of the boss battles. Cuphead himself holds up well against those gigantic bosses with his endless ammo shooting out of his finger. One issue that could be mentioned though is Cuphead's parry system. Also, there are some items that Cuphead can't jump off. Uh, the timing is either super precise or very, very generous. It didn't really feel consistent throughout the campaign, but that was really the only major down point. The game is absolutely beautiful looking, uh, with nods to 1930s Disney cartoons. Uh, Chad and Jared Moldenhauer with Jake Clark combined the hand-drawn graphical style with the bullet-hell gameplay. Cuphead's artists blend hand-drawn characters with a watercolour hand-drawn feel and a surreal and eye-popping bunch of enemies. Each screen is almost a work of art in its own right, and massive kudos has to go to the artist for creating something like this. The music in the game is equally great, with old-fashioned feel to the music, much like the art style. There's jazz, swing, ragtime and big band, and the music keeps the tempo to the ever more complex boss battles. There's also the two-player local co-op mode, where your friend Mugman can join in the fun. It sounds as if a second player would be a good idea to help out in the action, however the reality of a second player is it makes it even more confusing and harder than it was before. But in summary, uh, at first the game feels punishing, but Cuphead shouldn't be dismissed as too difficult and simply put back down. Cuphead does a great job of teaching you little by little how to get better, and in this way, inching towards victory is one of the more satisfying if not challenging gaming experiences. Cuphead is full of the highest highs and the lowest lows, and at times you're going to feel the pain, but get through that pain and you'll emerge a better player, and I guarantee with a big smile on your face. So it was developed by Studio MDHR. It's out there on Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch. It was originally released in September 2017, but it came out in April 2019 for Nintendo Switch. And overall, I gave the game an 82 out of 100. So that's it for Cuphead. Next up, let's take a look at Auto Battlers. So Auto Battlers, they're the hot new thing of 2019. And it may only be July, when just over halfway through the year... But 2019 is likely to be remembered for the year of the auto battler. So this is a new genre of game. And uh, it's done what others have failed to do before. Captured a huge number of players and risen to the top of the Twitch charts like a meteor rising. So we've got Dota Underlords. It's got regular spikes of 200,000 concurrent views on Twitch. And 2019 is super high on the new auto battling genre. So first up, let's take a look at what are auto battlers. So originally, Auto Battlers started out as Auto Chess, as it was a Dota 2 mod called uh, Dota 2 Auto Chess. Since then, the genre has been changed into Auto Battlers. But the only comparison between traditional chess and Auto Chess is the fact they're played on an 8x8 board. At the start of an Auto Battling game, players buy characters, and players can combine characters to make stronger versions of those characters. There's bonuses for deploying combination of characters on the board at the same time. And once deployed onto the board for battle, characters automatically fight each other until the end of the round, hence the name Auto Battler. 
There's no player input. You simply watch your characters fight for survival on the board. Your characters' abilities and stats count in these fights, and how they match up against opponents' characters matters most. Characters battle it out until a player's health drains, and once you're out of health, you're out of the game. So there's eight players in a match, and everyone fights one-on-one in a tournament-style knockout until one person is left as the winner. It's kind of like knockout football. Compared to other multiplayer games, it's fairly relaxed. You don't have to coordinate a team. There's no comms or subsequent shouting and uh, sometimes blaming. Uh, You just sit back, relax, and watch your little characters fight it out. Let's take a look at a short history of auto battlers. Much like the other recent new hot things like MOBAs and Battle Royales, auto battlers were born out of mods. So Drodo Studio started this all with a mod of Dota 2, and the original release of Dota Auto Chess was on January the 3rd, 2019. And just two weeks after it was released, the mod was the most popular game on Steam, even though it was a game within a game. So if it feels fast, it's because it is. So Battle Royales and MOBAs had time to percolate and build and iterate, whereas Auto Battlers have popped up almost overnight and have absolutely taken over. So Valve and Riot took notice and quickly aligned their development teams behind a new goal, create an Auto Battler. So Valve announced their own Auto Battler called Dota Underlords, uh, which released on PC and mobile devices in June 2019. Uh, Drodo's Auto Chess, uh, the original team behind the Dota 2 mod, Uh, is released on mobiles and is also coming out uh, as an exclusive on the Epic Game Store sometime soon. Uh, Riot also got into the act and released their own auto-battler called Teamfight Tactics, which is kind of based on League of Legends characters, and that is available on PC. And both Teamfight Tactics and Dota Underlords are now massive on Twitch, leading to many thinking what more auto-chess games will be on the way. I know a Destiny auto chess would be a good idea and I've heard a few people talk about a Pokemon auto chess as well. So we'll see if Nintendo get in on the action. So why are auto battlers so popular? Much of the friction and the steep learning has been removed from MOBAs and uh, the games, they're free and they've got huge audiences behind them already. However, it's the gambling, loot and upgrades that make this a huge success. When you start a game, you buy characters from a slot machine style system, and if you don't like your selection of some characters, then you slot in some in-game cash to re-roll your characters. You might get lucky and get the ability to upgrade one of your characters, or get that super overpowered character that everyone wants, and the one you can build your entire team around. You may even spend all your in-game money and get nothing. However, at the end of the game, you'll get more, and the hook-like cycle starts all over again. So within the game, there's loads of mini strategies as well. You get interest on your in-game currency, you get extra gold for every 10 you hold on to in Dota Underlords, and uh, you save up your monies to re-roll your characters or pick up the crucial ones you've been wanting. There's a certain amount of planning ahead required, like picking up copies of your initial characters so you can upgrade them in later rounds um, so you can annihilate your opponents. There's a certain amount of randomness to auto-battlers as well, which will likely both frustrate and delight you at the same time. So auto-battlers, they feel somewhat chaotic from the automatic movement of the characters to the randomness of the action. But over time, as you practice, you'll start to feel like you have a sense of control over the chaotic action. As you'll play, you'll hone your strategies uh, to figure out some more. You'll piece together the puzzle to why you lost that round and optimise your build for another. So, so far, I've been playing Dota Underlords, and uh, it's pretty good so far. I'm not an expert whatsoever. I've sunk in a few hours into the game. Uh, I really want to check out Teamfight Tactics as well. 
I'm not hugely experienced in MOBAs, so I don't really understand the characters behind Dota Underlords or Teamfight Tactics, and I think maybe a bit of knowledge about the characters would do some good. Like I said before, a Destiny auto-battler, or a Halo auto-battler, that would be really, really good. Or even a Pokemon auto-battler. So Pokemon I know much more about, and you could imagine the synergies between the different elemental Pokemon, and uh, I understand uh, much more about the characters and the lore and things like that. So we'll see. We'll see who else is going to jump on the bandwagon. But uh, if you go onto Twitch, if you go onto YouTube, you'll see auto-battlers, they're climbing, climbing the charts. On Twitch at the minute, we've got Teamfight Tactics and Dota Underlords. They're right there at the top, and they've only been out a few a few weeks at this point. They both came out in June. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get more auto-battlers in the future. So if you haven't heard about auto-battlers or auto-chess, um, then go and check out Dota Underlords or Teamfight Tactics. They're free. You can download Dota Underlords on mobile devices and uh, PC. And uh, yeah, they're... 2019 is set to be the year of autoballers, so go and check it out. So if you're enjoying this week in video games podcast, then head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice review. It really helps us get the word out about the podcast, so if you've got access to iTunes, then I'd really appreciate if you headed on over and gave us a review. Don't forget, This Week in Video Games has a YouTube channel that goes alongside with the podcast. And the YouTube channel's got the entire archive of the podcast, as well as dedicated reviews, interviews, features, and a lot of how-to videos as well. I posted up a load of videos there recently about Super Mario Maker 2, a lot of stuff about Destiny 2, Season of Opulence, in terms of how to get exotic weapons, and how to run the menagerie. Uh, so search This Week in Video Games on YouTube and subscribe today for all the latest content. And if you want to see anything specific on YouTube, send me an email to podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com. It'd be great to hear from you. Okay, so next up, let's take a look at the news of the week. So first up in the news this week, Summer Games Done Quick 2019 raises $3 million for charity. And Summer Games Done Quick has a record-breaking haul for charity last weekend with 3 million raised for Doctors Without Borders. This is 500k more than their previous record of 2.4 million raised earlier this year. And it also beats the amount raised last Summer Games Done Quick, which was 2.1 million. So that is a huge increase, and congratulations to everyone involved. There were some amazing speedruns on offer, uh, all of which can be replayed on their YouTube channel. So be sure to check out some highlights including Grand Poo World 2 and Turtles in Time as well. I think Breath of the Wild speedrun was really good as well. So head on over to YouTube and search up Summer Games Done Quick 2019. So you can still donate if you want to. And if you enjoy speedrunning and Summer Games Done Quick and uh, you want to give a little bit to charity, then please do so. Next up in the news, Epic are going to fund Kickstarter refunds for their exclusives. And Epic announced this week that they're going to provide Kickstarter refunds for all of their Epic exclusive games. So Tim Sweeney, Epic's boss, said on Twitter, Epic is funding the cost of all Kickstarter refunds resulting from Shenmue 3 move to the Epic Game Store so that refunds won't reduce Wise net development funding. When future games go Epic exclusive after offering crowdfunding rewards on other PC stores, we'll coordinate with colleagues at the other stores to ensure key availability in advance or guarantee refunds at announcement time. So there has been a little bit of a backlash against Epic uh, as they bought exclusives onto their platform. However, Tim Sweeney thinks this is the only way to take on Steam. 
and Yu Suzuki updated Shenmue 3 fans on Kickstarter earlier in June, informing them of the delay. And uh, if you want to get a refund, then you can do. So next up in the news, Cuphead Delicious Last Course DLC has been delayed, and Studio MDHR have announced that Cuphead DLC is going to be delayed until 2020, and in a blog post on Xbox Wire, the team said they wanted to prioritise the health and the well-being of their staff. Uh, So Studio MDHR said, while we initially announced a 2019 release date for the Delicious Last Course expansion, our highest priority is making sure that this new adventure meets the meticulous level of care and quality we always strive for. We want to be absolutely certain that this next adventure feels at home in the world of Cuphead and is full of moments that surprise and delight players. Furthermore, the development of the original game taught us a great deal about the importance of making things in a way that's healthy and sustainable for the team. So the Delicious Last Course DLC is going to bring with it new weapons and bosses as well as new playable character in addition to Cuphead and Mugman. And the new character is going to have unique abilities including a double jump. And Cuphead Delicious Last Course launches in 2020 on Xbox, Nintendo Switch and PC. And uh, you can find out more about Cuphead on This Week in Video Games. Uh, just go over to the website and in the search box search up Cuphead. It's nice to see Studio MDHR uh, looking after the, the health and the well-being of their staff there. We've had a lot of stories this year about companies working in an unsustainable way. Uh, so it's nice to see companies come out and say we want to work in sustainable ways we want to reduce the crunch we want to look after our employees and it's about time to be honest Uh, the gaming industry has had a lot of issues over the last years with um, games getting bigger um, teams getting bigger crunch getting bigger um, and uh, yeah it's it's a real real problem in the gaming industry so studio mdhr um, it's really good to see them coming out and say they want to prioritize the health and the well-being of their staff and uh, we'll keep our eyes on that one for the future. So next up, Destiny Grimoire Anthology Volume 2 Fallen Kingdoms is coming in October, and Bungie's Destiny has some of the richest lore in video games, and in Destiny 2 it's much easier to access than it was in the original game. So Destiny Grimoire Anthology Volume 2 Fallen Kingdoms follows up from the first volume released last year. Bungie wants to make it even easier... Um, to find that law, and they released Volume 1 of the Destiny law last year and they're going to follow it up soon with Volume 2. And it's a beautiful book, it's kind of a coffee table book and uh, you can um, browse through it, it's got all the law in there, it's got some beautiful artwork as well. I really really recommend it. If you're a Destiny fan and uh, you're a Destiny law fan I definitely recommend picking up this book. It's, it's, it's a beautiful book and uh, would fit well on any coffee table or on any bookshelf. So pre-orders for Destiny Grimoire Anthology Volume 2 Fallen Kingdoms, they went live on July the 2nd and are available through the Bungie store. And if you go to thisweekinvideogames.com and search up Destiny Grimoire, then you can find a link to the store there. As well as the book, players are going to be able to purchase a new emote called Consult the Archives. And buying the new emote is going to give you a 20% discount off Volume 2 through the Bungie store if redeemed before July the 9th. So you've got a few days left, uh, pick up that emote and get that 20% off. Okay, so next up in the news, EA Access is coming to PS4 this month, and uh, EA announced the service was coming back in May, and EA confirmed this last week that it's coming towards the end of this month. So the service is already available on Xbox One and PC, and the service offers you early access to big game releases and a library of EA games to play. So the games on there include Battlefield 5, FIFA 19, and Titanfall 2, 
and uh, the service is uh, coming to PS4 owners on July the 24th, 2019. Finally in the news this week, Flappy Bird flies into battle, or could you say Battle Royale? And Battle Royales are exploding all over the place. We had a Super Mario Brothers uh, mod uh, Battle Royale the other week, which uh, Nintendo unfortunately took down. And uh, this, this week, it's time for Flappy Bird in Flappy Royale. So rather than drop into Arena and shoot it out with another 99 players, here you control Flappy Bird, and the winner is the bird that survives the longest. So you can give it a go on the website, just Google Flappy Royale, and uh, there's certainly an increase in these 2D side-scrolling platform BRs at the moment. Who is going to be next? Are we going to get a Sonic BR? We're going to get a Mario BR from Nintendo. Come on, Nintendo. That'd be so good. That'd be such a good mode for Super Mario Maker 2. Or it would be a really great mode uh, for, you know, can you imagine it as a free download on Nintendo Switch Online? And uh, you have to purchase uh, a Nintendo Switch Online um, pass to get access to Super Mario Battle Royale. You know, 100 players all playing levels. That'd be super, super fun. So, yeah, come on, Nintendo. We really want to see that. Okay, so that's it for the news. Uh, Next up, let's take a look at the charts. So at number 10 this week, we've got Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, which is up one from 11. And then number 9 this week, we've got Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is up 8 places from 17. At number 8, we've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is up from number 34, and I think that's probably benefiting from Steam's summer sale. Holding steady at number 7, we've got Grand Theft Auto 5, and down 1 from 5 to 6, we've got Red Dead Redemption 2. Up 3 places from 8 to 5, we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and fresh in at number 4, we've got Judgment. New in at number 3, we've got F1 2019, and down one place from last week's number one to this week's number two, we've got Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. And this week's new number one is Super Mario Maker 2. And I read reports that Super Mario Maker 2 is sold already double than it, has, than it did do in its entire life cycle on the Wii U. So yeah, really good going. And Super Mario Maker 2 is super, super good fun. Uh, if you want to see more of Super Mario Mecha 2, head on over to the website, thisweekinvideogames.com. Uh, you can meet, read my review there or check out episode 22 of the podcast. Or head on over to YouTube and uh, you can check out how to go through all the story mode levels. I've posted up um, loads of them over there. So yeah, check out the YouTube channel and uh, have a look and see what Super Mario Maker 2 is all about. That's it for the charts this week. Let's have a look what's coming up next week. So next week, we've got a few games coming out on July the 9th. We've got Bear With Me, The Lost Robots. That's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One and Switch. We've got Bear With Me, The Complete Collection as well. That's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch as well. We've got Senran Kagura Peach Ball. That's coming out on Switch. And uh, finally on the 9th, we've got They Are Billions. That's coming out on PS4. On July 10th, we've got a few games. We've got Soul Serif that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. We've got Space Dance coming out on PC. And then on July the 11th, we've got Blazing Chrome that's coming out on PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. We've got Professor Lupo and his Horrible Pets that's coming out on PC and Switch. And then on July the 12th, we've got Dragon Quest Builders 2 
that's coming out on PS4 and Switch. And finally, God Eater 3, that's coming out on Nintendo Switch. So lots to look forward to there next week. So that's it for what's coming up next week. Next up, let's take a look at what I've been doing outside of gaming. So this week I've been watching Stranger Things Season 3 and I've been watching it this weekend as it dropped on Netflix on Friday and so far I'm enjoying what I'm watching as it feels like a return to form with the show. So Season 2 had a little lull in the middle before ramping up at the end but this season is good fun from the very start. We've got the struggles of the gang as they grow up from kids to teenagers and all that comes with that relationships and friends moving on there's a good dynamic to the series as over the first few episodes there's a triangle of storylines that all kind of interconnect so the season starts with russians seemingly trying to open the door that 11 sealed off at the end of season two but how did the russians get there dustin comes back from summer camp having invented a new high-powered mobile communications tower to talk to his long-distance girlfriend and they pick up the coded russian signal dustin steve and his new co-worker robin try and figure out the coded message and discover the signal isn't as far away as they thought. Mike, Eleven, Will, Lucas and Max, they're all hanging out, but the relationships are seemingly putting a wedge in the group, according to Will. Meanwhile, Will is sensing something isn't quite right and keeps getting flashbacks with the Mind Flyer. Nancy and Jonathan have summer intern jobs at the local paper and they're hot on the heels of a strange event as rats have started to become sick, seemingly without reason. So after a few episodes of this triangle of stories, it all comes together really well and we get into the normal Stranger Things action. So if you haven't seen the show, then I definitely recommend it. It's full of 80s nostalgia, great music, sets, and the story just kind of keeps you watching. So it's really, really good. And if you've got a Netflix account, go on over to Netflix and check out Stranger Things. Also this week, I went to check out Spider-Man Far From Home. And I saw it yesterday at the movies and thought it was pretty good. So Peter Parker is off to Europe with his buddies and has got a plan to tell Mary Jane Watson how he feels. However, once he gets to Europe, he's thrown into a battle with these elementals and meets Mysterio. He claims to be from another world looking to destroy these elementals. Nick Fury, meanwhile, tracks down Spider-Man in Venice and tells him he's got to step up and become the man that Tony Stark wanted him to be and hands over Edith a mobile AR weapon system handed down by Iron Man. So Peter's weighed down with the responsibility of what's in front of him and all he wants to do is be a teenager and enjoy the school science trip with the girl that he really likes. So it's a good movie. It's hard to live up to the grand scale that came before it with Endgame, uh, but the Mysterio character is really good. There's tons of Spider-Man comic Easter eggs and the classic post credits scene sets up the start of Phase 4 for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So if you like Spider-Man, then I'd definitely check it out. One thing I would say is that the trailer for this had a lot of the big moments in the movie, and I should know this, I've been around a while, uh, but it really, really makes me not want to see movie trailers in the future, as a lot of the movie was spoiled in this one. However, with that being said, it's still fun, and it was good to see that final set piece here in London. Well, that's it for this week's episode. And if you want to get involved in the show, then email us on podcast at thisweekinvideogames.com or you can check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. I'm available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and so search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in the conversation. 
And if you want to support This Week in Video Games content, then head on over to Patreon forward slash This Week in Video Games and uh, in exchange for your great support of the show, you'll get shout-outs, Discord access, exclusive Patreon content polls and much, much more. So if you enjoy This Week in Video Games content, sign up to Patreon. It would be great to see you there. So thanks once again for hanging out with me and chatting about video games. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you next weekend. But for now, I'll see you soon.